Hello everyone and welcome to the 18th ever episode of the Movie Hunters Podcast. Today we talk about John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile, and we review the 8th season of Game of Thrones. I'm one of your hosts Jason Hunter alongside your other host Noah Hunter, and it's time to go movie hunting. everyone and welcome to the movie hunters podcast a podcast where two movie loving brothers get together and talk about movies tv all things cinema now if you're noticing something different with the sound this week it's because we're recording together and we're trying something different and if you didn't catch us live you're listening to the playback um the person (laughs) catching us live is the person watching us from outside their window because we've got the (laughs) the microphone guys we got a studio yeah, we've got a studio and they're looking at us through the window. Um, so yeah, we're we're trying out some new recording options. We know there have been problems in the past where, because we're recording over internet, um, sometimes the connection gets wobbly and that messes up the recording. So we're going to try to record together to see if that helps at all. Granted, the microphone, we're using the microphone Noah usually uses uh, for both of us. So there may be some hinks that we need to work out. To make sure that we can get to the point where... I might want to add that he just pointed this out, that I only use this microphone when we both use this microphone. I don't use this microphone. Don't come to my house and try to take shots at me. I don't use this microphone. All right, all right. I use a different microphone. I use Mm. a headset. Do you? I do. Mm. Yes, I do. Uh, So, anyway, uh, how's it going, Noah, after that? (laughs) It's going... Long intro. It's going uh, pretty good. How was your week? It was pretty good. I'm uh, I'm off of work this week, so I'm must just, be nice. Uh, well, <laughs> it, it was is your choice to pick up a job. You know, at the end of the last, I know you don't listen to any of our podcasts because you don't support it. But hey, I hey. <laughs> but I know at the end of last week's podcast, it had that little clip where it said, uh, where you were saying this podcast is my entire income. Well, because <laughs> because we don't make very much. <laughs> Pick up another job, so. Oh, I do this to keep you guys afloat. Yeah, he's supporting us with his new job. Uh, all righty. Well, well, we're we're kind of like I said, we got a little bit of a rinky dink set up here. So, Noah, um, what news do you have? I for think us? our set is pretty nice. But we started this last week. Did we do the box office first? Was that the first week? We've done it first before, but yeah, you did it first well, last week. I'm gonna do it again. Okay. And um, let's just go through the numbers here, and a, a little a little top five. Coming at number five, in its second week, The Hustle pulling in uh, 6.1 million. Coming at number four, A Dog's Journey. Mom and Dad actually went to go see that. One that doesn't surprise me. With Dennis Quaid um, bringing in $8 million. Is that a Christian movie? I, I don't know. I don't think so. Based on the trailer. I mean, there's reincarnation on it, so maybe not. But like, yeah. that looks like one of those like Blue Sky movies or whatever. Um, uh, Pure Flix. Pure Flix, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. Blue Sky is the anime. Well, the fact, the fact that you mentioned that, a Pure Flix movie breakthrough um, was that's, in number 11. And that's the one with the kid that falls through the yeah, ice. Yeah, yeah, which actually is getting decent reviews. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I have no, no intention to go see that. Um, it has Chrissy Metz from, from, from This Is Us in it. Oh, so Whatever. If that's your thing, 
Um, it's it's still in theaters, so you can go check it out. Uh, coming in at number three is Pokemon Detective Pikachu, breaking in twenty five million. At number two, um, seemingly strong in your eyes, um, it looks pretty slow to me in my eyes. But Avengers Endgame at twenty nine million, twenty nine point nine million. And at number one is John Wick Chapter Three Parabellum. At 56.8 million, John Wick Chapter 3 officially dethroned Endgame. And are you surprised because it dethroned him and it made a heck of a lot of money? I knew you were going to ask me about this, you jerk. Sick of every single episode no one, we've talked about right. Endgame. And all right, we'll move past money. it. No one's surprised. It I'll say, to- I'll say. Uh, I mean, John Wick Chapter 3, it's a rated R film. It's extremely violent. So I could see why uh, it. It would have trouble passing in game, but it did it because, um, I mean, trouble at all. Well, I'm saying theoretically, yeah. I could have seen where it would have had trouble, yeah. but it, but it actually ended up did passing it. Um, I but mean, it it still goes to show you the fact that Endgame is at number two after how many weeks? Um, Endgame is on its fourth week. Fourth week. Just and finished its fourth it, week. It's still in number two. Yeah. It's not even out of the top five. I mean, it beat. Pokemon in its second week. Yeah. Barely, again. Just it beat like Pokemon week. in its first week, so yeah. I mean, it's got legs, so um, that's all I'm going to say. If you hear so, drilling in the background, again, we apologize. There's work being done at the house, peeps. There's work being done. And if you can't hear it, then uh, we're joking. That's just a <laughs> there's, joke. There's no way you didn't hear that, but since you hate the topic of Endgame so much, by the way, um... I will just give an update. It is at roughly 2.6 billion worldwide, so okay. it's approaching Avatar. Yep, it's not going to pass it. But number one, are you shocked at the at the 50 56 million it brought in? Like you said, it was R. Um, I can't remember what us brought in. Again, that's an R, but it was also a horror. So, but that did that surprised a lot of people um, with its. With its total, so my question is: Do you think the the R rating isn't as much of a factor anymore when it comes to moviegoers? It depends on the movie. Okay. Like if it's something like Jordan, Jordan Peele, he can overcome it. Uh, John Wick, these movies have become a big cultural thing, and so it was able to surpass it. Um, Keanu Reeves kind of having his his comeback, his renaissance with these movies. So I mean, it depends on the movie. If it's uh, certain movies can overcome that R rating, but. Um, yeah, an R movie is never going to overcome a PG-13 movie, so. No. Well, uh, we'll see what happens, because I think Godzilla comes out this weekend. Is that R? No, it is PG-13. No, yeah, PG-13. So it'll be interesting to see the kind of numbers it pulls, considering there's a lot of big movies in theaters now. If you, if you throw in Godzilla, John Aladdin Wick. Aladdin's this weekend. Aladdin's this weekend, too. Avengers, Pokemon, and they're all going to be competing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see the numbers next week. Moving on from that, as you were speaking about um, how John Wick has kind of become a cult classic, um, with kind of Keanu Reeves, his, his renaissance, his comeback, we officially have a release date for John Wick Chapter 4. This coming right after it finishes first weekend, as we mentioned, and it will be hitting theaters May 21st, 2021. Jason, were you surprised at this announcement? Yeah, because I hadn't seen the movie yet. <laughs> and so you just fit all over me. 
<laughs> so, see, if you were watching the live episode, you would have saw it. Uh, see, because I I have seen it now, and we'll talk about it in a little bit here, but um, I was assuming going into it that it was, why you keep picking at stuff? You're making so much noise. They're going to hear that more than they can hear the drill. All right. What were you saying? <laughs> um, going into it, I assumed it was like a trilogy, and it was gonna it was gonna end like this. The first one was self contained. The second one led into the third one, and it felt like, without having seen the third one, watching the trailers and everything, like how can you go, how can you keep extending the story beyond that? But yeah, the third one has a cliffhanger, so I guess we'll we'll be in in it for at least four movies. I don't know how much longer the the series is going to go but um and you'll kind of talk about this more on your in my review yeah on where the series is at i guess quality wise but i mean i i got this notification i was actually pretty shocked just considering how fast it uh the news dropped and considering it only just been through his first weekend yeah they didn't have to put that out so soon yeah um but i guess I don't know, from a studio's perspective, a lot of people saw it, they're hawing on it, why not, why not bag them early? But you also might get people who forget about it and won't know anything about it until that first trailer comes. Sure. So, it is what it is, we know that we're going to have a chapter four. Now, speaking of another R movie, I think that's kind of a theme today, but another R movie that is releasing later this year is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino's ninth film, if you include Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2 as one movie. Mm-hmm. Apparently he does, because that's yeah. all the trailers say ninth. Yep. And, um, well, we got a new trailer for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood today. What did you think of it? I like the trailer. Uh, I'm a little confused by what this movie's going to be, because at first they, they seemed pretty adamant about saying it's about the Manson murders, mm-hmm. uh, and the more stuff I see about it, yeah, he's in there, but he's like doesn't even seem like even a side character. It looks like the the guy who's gonna play Manson's gonna have like fifth, sixth, seventh billing I mean, in the movie. It's so like, it's like Hitler and Inglorious Bastards. We'll see. Well, that movie maybe. was about. I know. In but this I mean, one, in terms of how much we'll actually see a historical figure like that. Yeah, but that, they've said specifically that's what this. And this, and Inglorious Bastards was about these guys killing Nazis. That's mm-hmm. what they sold the movie on. This movie, it, the trailers and the marketing seem like it's more about uh, Brad Pitt and yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio's movie careers. Yeah. But I mean, I, I it. it the trailers look good. It looks like a Tarantino yeah. movie. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, to me, the trailer didn't overwhelmingly jump out. Um, as shockingly, I thought this trailer, the other trailers they released, have been all good. Nothing's been great. I mean, still want to see it. Like you said, it's it looks like a Tarantino movie. It feels like a Tarantino movie, and the, the cast is insane. Um, just the amount of amount of star power in this. Um, but yeah. If, if you want to see this because you want to see a Charles Manson biopic, uh, this is not the movie for you. It doesn't look like we're going to have much of them. Um, I don't even know the actor's name who's playing him. but I've seen him in other stuff, but yeah. I can't remember what his name is. Yeah, but 
you know, as as we'll we'll see what else we get in terms of in terms of trailers. We'll see if they go the Disney route and just overload us with with trailers at the end. Um, yeah, it got ridiculous this week, yeah. man. There's a bunch, so yeah. many Aladdin clips and trailers and yeah. scenes and. Yeah, even with at the end game, as soon as that spoiler ban was lifted, I know you sent me a TV spot that they did, which was crazy. I don't think Tarantino will do that, or at least if it happens, it's not him. It's Sony doing it. Yeah, it's a little different with Endgame though, because at least that movie came out and they they yeah. released more about it in the more weeks it was out to kind of keep people to remind people. Didn't you like this scene so much? We'll yeah. go see it again. Um, Aladdin is just like yeah. Uh, I don't know what they're doing with that movie, man. Did you see the Prince Ali scene? No, I I, oh, I heard that so they bad. released some scenes. They released a scene where Will Smith is like singing Prince Ali, fabulousy, when he's like making his parade into the city. Uh huh. It looks horrible. But we will give you our hmm. full review on it next week because we're well, gonna go see it. They'll they'll be able to redeem themselves with Lion King. I think everyone's on board for that. Yeah. That mo- that movie looks um amazing. Um, but moving on. From one superhero hero movie to another, to the DC Universe, Robert Pattinson, um, the heartthrob from Twilight many, many moons ago. Mm-hmm. See what I did there? Many moons ago. Yeah. So, Robert Pattinson is reportedly, this hasn't been confirmed, but has not been denied, the new Batman in the Matt Reeves-directed The Batman. I think he's, like, the lead... Um, actor currently being considered for it. Like, I think he's, like, mm-hmm. I don't think he's gotten the role officially, but I think they've said that because Variety, I think, was the one who reported initially. And then another publication came out and said, well, he's in the running, but he hasn't officially been yeah. offered the, the role yet. And this movie's still a ways out, not till 2021. So, so is this movie going to actually be a part of the DCU? Yeah, that's a really good question because they're doing a lot of things with with DC movies, and I I don't think that there's a straight answer because it's so far out. I think they're just trying to build hype around it. Yeah, I think I think they want to go more the the Joker route with it, um, and kind of being its own thing, mm-hmm. kind of let Matt Reeves do his thing with it. And Originally not, though, not it, was gonna, it wasn't going to be a part of it because originally yeah. Ben Affleck was yeah. going to star and direct, and then uh-huh. it just became star. Mm-hmm. And then it, it became then, nothing. Yeah, and then Affleck quit. So if they if they were like having a different, because I've heard it that he's specifically playing Bruce Wayne. So if they were gonna have someone else, like play a a different character, like I know in the in the comics, uh, Nightwing was Batman at one point. So if they did something like that, I could understand it. But I've heard specifically that it's Bruce Wayne. So. You know, unless it's like a flashback where he's playing a young Ben Affleck, I don't see how it can... I guess we can wait and see on the... There have been a lot of rumors that the Flash movie is going to reset the timeline, but... If that ever happens. Yeah. <laughs> with the whole drama going on there with the the, the Flash actor currently at DCU, but... They just need to break it, man. Yeah. I mean, I know they still have the Wonder Woman movie coming out, yeah. and they still have... I think they're going to do another Aquaman and mm-hmm. Shazam. I could see them doing more of that, and that's firmly in the DCU. Um, specifically with and spoilers if you haven't seen it, but it's probably not in the, in theaters anymore. But Superman is in that movie. Um, they they don't show his face. They don't show uh, Cavill Superman. 
it's it's that Superman, but they don't show Cavill's face Cavill. because he's. I don't think he actually was in it, but like his whole suit and everything. Didn't he? It's that Superman. He's in that movie, so yeah. it's gonna be hard if you're like if you're doing movies like this with like the Joker because you're just confusing your own yeah your own fan base because um, you have movies that currently that are coming out that are not in the DCU, and then you have other movies going forward, like I said, like Shazam that have allusions to the Ben Affleck Batman character and it has specifically Superman shows up in that movie so you're playing both sides of the fence so I mean as far as Pattinson though being Batman um, people tell me that he's gotten a lot better as an actor but I haven't seen any of his films so I can't really attest to you know how much he'll be able to carry that role Uh, he's got the chin for it He's got the he's got that Ben Affleck strong chin, Batman chin. I will say, um, Ben Affleck was probably the best in the suit Batman that that I've seen. You didn't like it? Uh, I have a lot of problems with that character in that movie, Batman vs Superman, that I just can't see past it. And they like they take so much from Nolan, and they take so much from the Dark Knight Rises. I'm not saying that it's character specific. I'm saying the suit and the look. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not into that big burly look. You don't like it? No, for me, Batman will always be the Christian Bale Batman. Yeah, the voice is weird, but like as far as like his physicality and everything, that's always going to be the guy that I consider as peak Batman. I can respect that. Well, did you know that the uh, original Joel Schumacher Batmans are being released on uh, 4K? 4K. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So, speaking of, like, those old Tim Burton, Joel Schumacher movies, uh, supposedly the villains in the Matt Reeves movie. Yeah, I was just about to connect that. Yeah. The villains, <laughs> I can't I can't remember if this is confirmed or if it's speculation along with Pattinson, but the villains, this movie will have Catwoman and the Penguin as, as villains. What do you think? What do you think of this? It's interesting. It's, I mean, that's... Batman Returns, that's who the mm-hmm. villains were in that movie, so... Uh, it'll be does interesting. Does it bother you? No, not really. I mean, it depends on all, all what he does with them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've been interested in this movie for a long time. Specifically, like, I was interested when Ben Affleck was doing it, because I think yeah. he's a good filmmaker. And, and then when he left the project, I think they replaced him with another good filmmaker who I'd be interested in seeing doing a Batman movie, so... Uh, questions about the DCU aside, because I'm not a fan of the DCU, um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what he does with this, what his vision to take is on it, uh, and I'm interested in seeing that. Uh, you would think that his vision would have had to ch- have changed, though, because Pattinson is like the psychist, second youngest person to ever play Batman. Who's the first? Christian Bale. When Christian Bale started, he was like in his 20s. Was he really that? Well, yeah, he yeah. did look young. From Batman I'm trying to Begins. remember. Yeah. Because that was the idea in Begins, was that he was playing a young When he's hanging out with Rachel, he looks like a little kid. Yeah, because he was... When he comes back to he kill was, his parents' murderer. Yeah, originally when he left in that movie, like, he was, he was like, leaving law school, so mm-hmm. he's supposed to look young. Yeah. Yeah, I... In terms of the DCU, I honestly think they should just cut it. I, I mean... They have too much invested in it. I... Do you think... Yeah, they've got... They filmed an entire... I don't know how many movies they filmed, but they've at least filmed Wonder Woman. I just... I, I, 
I don't think it it's working for them. I don't think they should keep pouring money. I get that they have a lot invested. I agree with you, but I I mean In terms of business they're probably not. In terms of business they're probably not what? Gonna completely give up on their connected universe. Yeah. But I think they I, in terms of equality, I f- I feel like from what I've heard I haven't seen Aquaman, but I've heard that that is a pretty much central story and and you know there's some connections because there kind of has to be with with these kind of movies but if i think if once people see the joker and, and i'm excited to see the joker later this year and and i really hope it does well i think just for dc telling central stories and 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 they're not not always interlacing them like like marvel works for the dc just to, for the dc eu um and that can be their DCEU is just their own stories. You don't have to have a team up movie every every four years or so. That's what I'd like to see with them. I would say finish it up, put out these last movies, and then just break the thing apart. Mm-hmm. The problem is that if they have movies in the DCU that are successful, and they have movies outside of the DCU that are successful, uh, my fear is that they're going to do both. Mm-hmm. They're gonna do both, and that just confuses people. Yeah, it's just gonna be confusing. I think that you can just just break the whole thing apart. Yeah. Like DC doesn't have to be Marvel. You don't have to base yeah. your success off of what Marvel's doing. Yeah, I get it. Endgame's close to being one of the the biggest movie of all time. But um, when you consider like what people always cite as the best superhero movie of all time, I mean, Dark Knight's still the the standard bearer. And I know for me that's still my favorite superhero film. So like you can you can still do these films and have them be pulled apart, and you just don't have to have Batman and Wonder Woman and Superman and mm-hmm. Aquaman and Cyborg and Flash all be in the same movie and make it try Bring to Bring Ryan like Reynolds' as Green Lantern back. No, <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah. I don't want that. But. Don't even put that out there. No, no. I take it back. I take it back. But, and I think if they do want to try to continue this other universe, the whole recasting Batman, and I, I can't even remember if the whole Cavill situation is true or not. What if he's, Cavill situation? If he's leaving or if he's staying. Oh, he is gone. He's he, gone. Officially? Yeah, he's been yeah. gone. So, he's, I mean, doing, he's doing Witcher 3, so and you now add, there are rumors that he's going to be in the MCU. So you add the recasting of your two biggest superheroes in DC. That's a huge hurdle. Yeah. Plus the hurdle of just everyone knows that their quality is not on par, and you're always going to have that comparison to Marvel just because they are superheroes, and that's what this is. So I, I honestly don't... don't don't think that they should continue to to pour the amount of money that they have been into this in this connected universe and try to make it work. Did you hear the rumor about Cavill? What? Um, it's a very, very, very early preliminary stages, even more so than Robert Pattinson, um, but that he might be playing Wolverine in the MCU. Wow. Yeah. So he's completely jump ship. I don't mind that casting. Uh, I you don't like it? I don't. I'm not really into it. I'm not opposed to Cavill being in the MCU, but I'm not really in the idea. I think of anyone Wolverine. who's going to play Wolverine, it's going to turn into the whole Alden Ehrenreich and, and Han Solo situation. No, just I, go I completely do. Completely different. Go completely different. I do because I, 
Hugh Jackman is the Wolverine. Yeah, but you can avoid that by going... You don't have to try to... Put in Wolverine at all. <laughs> well, you can put him in there, but you don't have to make him just like a stand-in for Hugh Jackman because then that's when the comparisons are going to be drawn. Make him his own completely different version yeah. of Wolverine. Because in the comics, he's like this short, short stocky, burly monster you know, guy. You know, so go, you go that route. You know what Danny I s- DeVito for Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I saw? What? I saw this one thing of how, how the, there's this series on YouTube of this guy and kind of does how to introduce um, these new acquisitions for the Fox with Marvel. Yep. And in the comics, Captain America, um, Bucky, and Wolverine are back in World War II fighting around. So I would love to see kind of if and this is probably less likely going to happen with the whole Winter Soldier and, and Falcon show yep. but kind of not necessarily origin X-Men Origins Wolverine but just kind of like a, a, a story or flashback to, to Bucky and Wolverine fighting in World War 2 and you can introduce him that way but then and that also begs the question of where was he yeah, I don't the, the rest that. of the years but Let's do it from Just an scratch. idea. Start Just an idea. I hate when they do the retcon where it's like, he was there all along. Yeah. Or she was there all along. She was just in space. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it looks like they're going the multiverse or the multiple universes. I hope not, though. I really hope Jake Gyllenhaal is being a turd. He's just a joke, joking guy. He's pulling your chain. I really hope. But, uh, well... We will see. Yeah. We will see. And I don't I don't entirely mind Pattinson um, as Batman, I think. From what I've heard, like you said, people said he's been he's improved sure. from his twilight days. But we'll see. Would you help set the mood for our new guest? Let us begin. Our services still off limits to me. What do you need? Guns. Lots of guns. You think you can take John Wick? So, Jason. Yes? What you been watching? I've been watching the new film, John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. Uh, and before <laughs> before I get into it, I just want to point out how like each of these movies adds something to the title. So the first one was just John Wick. Then the second one was John, John Wick, Wick Chapter, Chapter 2. two. <laughs> this one's John Wick Chapter now 3. Now we need Parabellum. to give it a subtitle. Yeah, and the fourth what, movie what is like, the fourth one's gonna be? John Wick Chapter 4, Excelsior, The Last Ride. <laughs> <laughs> so it just keeps getting longer and longer and longer. But anyway, yeah, I watched John Wick Chapter 3. I actually just came directly from the movie theater. Uh, and it's a continued story of the John Wick um, f- film series. The first, one, the first one is very self-contained. The second one you can watch by itself. It does a good job of easing you in. The third one you cannot watch if you haven't seen the first two. <laughs> like, it doesn't even, there's no catch-up. Because in the end of the, have you seen the John Wick movies? The first one. So the second one ends with him running. Like, he's like, uh, this thing's going to happen, and now it's going to happen. Well, I'll tell you, because you kind of have to know the story. John Wick conducts, conducts business on continental grounds. 
uh, which are the hotels that hitmen can stay at. And you can't kill anyone on Continental Grounds and he kills someone at the end of the second movie. So this movie is about a contract being put on his head by both the Continental and the High Table. So there's a $14 million contract on John Wick's head. And so at the end of the second movie, he's running. The third movie, he is it picks up and it shows you where he's run to. And that's, there's no, it doesn't explain the story. It doesn't tell you how you got there. There's no catch up. In fact, there was a couple sitting behind me and the guy had to constantly explain what? to her what What's was going happening? on. Yeah, Who is he? Because they, they'll talk about things from the other movies and just like, like they'll say puppy and you're like, if you haven't seen the first movie, you don't know what that means. And they'll say, um, no business on continental grounds. And if you haven't seen the second movie, you don't know what that means. Um, but basically, if you have seen the first two movies, this is a continuation of all the stuff you've liked from those movies, all the action. The action is ratcheted up to a whole nother gear. There's probably less overall action in this film than the other movies, but I would say that they're way more creative, and they really up the ante in, in terms of like violence and uh, unique kills. To the point where it's like some jaw-dropping stuff in there that they show you towards. And they, they don't shy away from it. And the other ones where it's like you shoot them in the head and there's like red mist. And yeah, that's violent. But this one, like, there are knives going to eyeballs and people's heads getting <laughs> chopped off and stuff. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, and then it does a good job of expanding its world. Uh, that, that's kind of one of the things that people always talk about from the first movie that showed you little glimpses of the world. And this movie continues to do that. Um, it expands the world, shows you little glimpses, doesn't do overly explain things to you, which I like. They got the money to do it now. Right. Um, but it's almost, in this movie, it's almost to its own fault, to its own detriment, because there isn't a whole lot of plot in this movie. There haven't been a whole lot of plot in any of these movies. I mean, the first one, he wants to get revenge because someone killed his dog. The second movie, somebody uh, says, you owe me a blood oath, so I need you to do this thing. This third movie, he's just running. And you don't really know where he's running to, and you don't know why he's going there. It, he never explains it until he's actually there. So for large chunks of the movie, there's just this forward motion, but you don't know what it's leading to. And it just kind of, you're just kind of along for the ride. I think that's intentional. I don't know if it's intentional to the point where they're keeping you in the dark. Um, but I think this movie, less so than the first two, is very much just like uh, a vehicle for the world building and a vehicle for the overall story. Because like, they kind of pick up where the second one left off and they lead into the fourth one, like I said earlier. Um... Which is kind of disappointing because in these movies you always think of, you, you think there it's a trilogy, the first one's the beginning, the second one's the middle, that's always the weakest one, the third one's the end. Uh, the second one's the beginning of the middle and the fourth one's, or the third one's a continu continuation of the middle. <laughs> so there is no end in sight for these movies, um, depending on where the fourth one goes. And I don't know how much larger they can go because they really kind of... There's one thing that they don't show you in this movie that I kept thinking about that they'll probably show you in the fourth one that they keep alluding to, and I won't say what it is for spoilers. Um, but, I mean, that's really the only thing I can think of. You you mentioned earlier, I don't remember if you said this on the podcast or uh, if we were just talking about it, that uh, Keanu Reeves' acting is really good. 
Yeah, we were just talking about that. I've said that I've seen. You've heard it. That kind of there's been a joke surrounding Keanu Reeves and how he's not a good actor and how he still gets these roles and stuff and how this role in particular <coughs> in this franchise has kind of opened people's eyes. I mean, he, I still don't think he's that great of an actor, and this is not like a movie where there's a whole lot of heavy acting in. It's just like anger. <laughs> Like different shades of how angry well, you are. Well, his resting face is angry, so. Sure. And it's, I mean, it's just dependent on the role that fits him as a character actor. Like, The Matrix was a perfect vehicle for him. And these John Wick movies are also another great vehicle for him. And it's not, these movies aren't something where, like, you're heavily concerned with the acting and you're not heavily concerned with the plot. It's, again, like I said, it's more about the action and the world building. And both of those are great. Um,. Again, it because it doesn't hold your hand. You're making noise now. <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna kill you like a book, like John Wick does in this movie. Hey, spoilers! Spoilers! That's like in the first five minutes. So, so if you haven't been in the theater for the first five minutes. It's, it is spoilers. You know what happens in the first fifteen minutes of Endgame? Yeah, yeah. So shut your mouth. <laughs> Hello. Vincent, we happy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I would give this. Did you not want to say anything else? Were you done? You, uh, I'm done with you. So, I'll uh, cut the podcast here, and then I'll add in more of my comments later. <laughs> hey guys, I'm back alone in my apartment now. To finish what I was saying, I'm not going to do that. But anyway, yeah, it's it's a it's a good movie. Uh, if you've seen the first two, I'd recommend it. Um, it does have enough problems with the fact that it doesn't stand alone as its own movie and it doesn't hold your hand that I can't recommend it to anyone else but if you're a fan of the first two I definitely highly recommend this one action is incredible Um, that's what you come to come to it for world building is great continues to expand on the world um, in new and interesting ways so for that reason I recommend it to those of you who are fans but I can't to those of you who aren't so uh, start with the first one the first one's a great introduction um, but for everyone else, a low Vincent We Happy. So, Man, we give that rating so often. I thought about that, and it's because, I mean, we're not, like, professional critics to where we're getting... <laughs> we to... suck at our job. <laughs> I mean, we, we don't get to this go to... This is why I had to pick up a second job. What I'm saying is we don't get to go to movies for free and stuff. So, like, we pick and choose... We pick the good ones. We pick, yeah. We just go to them. We pick and choose what things we want to talk about for you guys. all the awful reviews that we have have been in the What You've Been Watching sections, and they've been, like, old movies that are already out that we just buy or watch on Netflix, you know? Sure. It's more about, like I said, it's it's more... We're, we're picking and choosing what, what to talk to you, to you guys about. So, like, for the... Movies we go and see, we're going to go see movies that we're interested in. Even if it's a movie that we're, like, we have a morbid curiosity and kind of like Aladdin at this point, that'll be an interesting review. Um, but, yeah, we're not, gonna, we're not going to see, like, bad kids movies or anything like that because that's not what we want to talk about. So that's the reason I think all our reviews are in the 3-4 area. Captain Marvel, I think, was... Kind of interesting, and there's some other movies where we expect more of it, and so the reviews oh, movie. reviews reflect that. Yeah, when they go lower, but all of our stuff seems to be right in the three and fours. So mm-hmm. 
that just goes to show you guys <laughs> we're we're talking about what we want to talk about. So maybe when this podcast this is such a niche channel. <laughs> uh, I think that, superheroes uh, and R-rated action films. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's the type of stuff you like, though. So <laughs> that's why that's the only stuff you agree to talk about. And sci-fi. And sci-fi. Um. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, I don't want to go any more inside baseball. Um, so, Noah. Yes? What have you been watching? I have been watching Extremely Evil, Shockingly Wicked, and, and Vile. Is that is that the name? Sounds right. Something like that. It's a terrible name. Dang. That name is awful, and I get why I, they do it. I kind of like it. You like the name? Yeah. I... You know, before I watched it, I don't want to give spoilers away, but I'll just say this because it's a historical event. Yeah. Um, it's what the judge says to Bundy. Oh, sure. Because he sentenced him to death. I think I knew that, yeah. And then he's talking to him saying, oh, you're a waste of humanity and all that. And he yeah. says that. That's where I got the title. I get that. I just don't like it. How come they weren't doing anything when we were like out there talking? We just paused. Yeah. And they weren't making any noise. And now then that we, we get back recording. and drill, drill, drill. <laughs> But anyways, sabotaging us. Aside from the title, getting into the actual content of this movie, I was actually pleasantly surprised. Um, mm. This is actually a fifty-six on Rotten Tomatoes. I just checked. Sure. And everyone has been saying, "Oh, it's it's been the the narrow the narrow story details that have brought it down." And Zac Efron's performance, although really good, don't save it. Um. And I would agree with I would agree mostly with that. I just mm-hmm. wouldn't say that Zac Efron's performance is as great as everyone's saying it is, sure. because the, the whole point about Ted Bundy is that he was this charming guy, and everyone was shocked to see he. I mean, he had all these groupies and stuff, right? And everyone was every, people thought that he could never do terrible terrible things like that. And I think Zac Efron plays that well, and he does that well. But I mean, that's just Zac Efron. Zac Efron has groupies, and and to me, it didn't feel like him playing the role was what gave him that that charm. I think that charm's always been there. It it was kind of refreshing to see him in in a more dramatic role, and in, in a place where he can kind of spread his wings and and put put more on a performance. I I, I do think he did a great job. Um, and in that regard, with his more dramatic scenes, mm-hmm. because we've only seen him in in his early career with High School Musical, and then late lately with 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 franchises like Neighbors and then Baywatch more recently, you know these kind of R-rated comedies and other comedies, he kind of became more of a one-dimensional actor in Hollywood. Yeah, and he he this is him kind of trying to take a stride away from that, and I think it does it successfully uh, it definitely I don't think it's anything to write home about it's shocking like best one of the best performances I've seen this year but it was a breath of fresh air to, to see him in something other than making crude comedy jokes in, in a film you know what my theory is why what? he's gotten better is because before like in those comedic films mm-hmm. he was like all about raising his own star value mm-hmm. and now he realizes we're all in this together I feel like a lot of people aren't going to get that reference. 
Okay, then just move uh, on. <laughs> <laughs> but it was pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. That was oh, thank that you. Was, that was that was kind of kind of kind of cool. Um, man, that made me lose my train of thought. What was I gonna <laughs> touch on? The story, lack of story. A lot of people are saying that. Like I was saying, like I just said, Zac Efron, great job. Doesn't save the movie because of of a narrow story and 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 that that kind of thing surrounding the whole the whole Ted Bundy thing. And I didn't know. I mean, I wasn't alive when this wasn't when this was going down, and I didn't know a lot. I know Netflix released a doc a docu series, uh-huh. um, Conversations with the Killer. I haven't watched that, but I heard that that's really crazy, um, really good, and, you know, there was some, some parts that, that, that shocked me in this movie, that, that although I knew happened, just other details in it that I didn't know and were, were kind of, kind of crazy to see, but not a lot of those, and I'm saying, like, I didn't, I knew borderline what the story was and what happened, and, I only had a few major surprises, which is not kind of what you want. If if you never really under seen the story, but but little just news bits and stuff, and mm-hmm. it it didn't go as depth as 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 you'd like it to. And, sure. and another thing, it didn't. It it goes about presenting it in a pretty interesting way. It it kind of starts off with with Bundy in jail and his old girlfriend or or fiance I guess comes to the prison on it's the day he's supposed to get executed and it starts with that and it's kind of a it flashes back back and forth for the first few minutes and then it goes into a story I thought it was interesting you don't see the murders of all the women happen it's much more of him playing deer cotton headlights and and him kind of um, manipulating his fiance and and others and this other groupie that that um, he famously has a child with while he's in prison and 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 all that and I thought it was interesting. I was watching this with dad and mom and dad was like, "Man, we're not going to see any murders. <laughs> <laughs> Why?" <laughs> but I I didn't mind that. I thought that I thought that was pretty cool. Pretty cool that 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 they did it that way and they didn't just say oh here's all this blood and gore from all these all these murders that that you know happened it's hard to do murders when you're basing it off a real story yeah it's a little insensitive to the people who actually Mm -hmm. are the victims yeah yeah and i you know there was buzz about about this movie early on i think in in a previous episode when um what was the festival was it sundance earlier this year i don't think it was sundance was it I don't remember. But the festival that was going on earlier this year where this debuted, the Netflix bought it, we, we kind of touched on it a bit. I remember saying a little bit about it. Um, and uh, if I remember correctly, people were people had very positive reviews out of, out of the festivals about this movie. Um, and I, I think this was this just suffered from being overhyped. Um, and I think people are kind of drained by Ted Bundy stuff with the docu-series and all and I think that's why Netflix released it so soon after buying it um, I mean they didn't release it as soon as Velvet Buzzsaw they released right. that as soon as they bought it but 
um, after the the chatter calmed down about Ted Bun the Ted Bundy docu series, they released this, and like I said, it it if you don't watch it for anything else, just watch it to see um, Zac Efron in, in in kind of an uncharacteristic role because I think he does a pretty good job with it. Sure. So you think he's good? You just don't think he's great? As yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What would you give the movie? Um, I would give this a high, a high tears and rain. Okay. Right in the three, three and four area. <laughs> just like all our movies. Right in the three and four area. Right in the three and fours. All right. Well, uh, that's Noah's review of the new Netflix Zac Efron film. Shockingly, wickedly, vilely, evilly bad. There's a lot of a lot of interesting cameos in this too. Like really? like like um no. Nah. Like uh Vanessa Hudgens and uh <laughs> Corbin Blue Corbin and Blue. <laughs> <laughs> Um no, uh what's his name? Jim Parsons is in it. Um, what? Yep. Jim Parsons is in it and um um John Malkovich is in it. Man, Malkovich is in all the Netflix movies. I know. Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's a bunch of interesting little cameos in there for you. Alright. Did you do it? No. We've got a very disturbed, sick individual. You'll be the first nationally televised trial in history. You look nice, partner. I'm disguised as an attorney today. <laughs> I get very scared, but, you know, he's also really dreamy. I know you don't care about your people. Why should you? They hate you, and you hate them. But you're not a monster. I know this. I know this because I've seen it. You've always loved your children. So after eight seasons and many more years of anticipation, the story of Game of Thrones has finally come to a close with the eighth season. Who will win the Iron Throne? Which battles will be waged? All those questions and more have finally come to a close. Noah, what did you think of season eight of Game of Thrones? Are we are we touching the spoilers in this episode? I didn't watch it, so I mean I can't talk about it. Um, if you want to, it's this is a little different. We've never done a review of a TV show. Typically, if it's a season that's just come out, we do an examination and we go mm -hmm. into spoilers then. But we've not really done a, a review that's dipped right into spoilers. But because the show is out and and completed that's entirely up to you if you want to spoil it feel free i feel like i can talk about it without spoiling do you it you want to do spoilers at the end um yeah we can okay well what did you think uh game of thrones season eight um there's where do i start um this has kind of the star wars vibe to me the last jedi just in the way it split fandom which uh -huh. You were on the negative side of this, the Last Jedi fandom. Mm -hmm. I was to a degree, not as much as you. Um, but I will say, I'm not on the negative side with this. Okay. I, I did, 
a couple of weeks ago. You hated the, the I hated the last night. the last night. A long night. Um, episode three, the battle. Just just I'll briefly explain if you didn't hear that, but they they built up this this story to this battle and you couldn't see the thing. Um there was plot armor. No one real important died. Sure, there was important deaths, but n- not as many as should have died. And they won way too easily at the end. Um, that I, I did not like that, and 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 I feel like I was in the majority there. I think a lot of people didn't like that that particular episode. But I will say, and I said this when I talked about the long the long night that the first the first two episodes and the last the last three episodes I really in, I really enjoyed. Okay. Um so you pretty much just as far as overall episodes that's the only one you didn't yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah, and and I'll touch on the finale later on as, as I continue talking. But as far as kind of the build up to to Episode three in the long night. I, I really love those episodes because it, it was kind of getting us back into back into the swing of Game of Thrones, and it had been two years. Not for me. Um, I I had started the I started the series more recent. I didn't I hadn't been with it for eight years or for ten years, however long it's been going. So, but I, I did enjoy to see all these characters, and I thought they did a good job at building building a long night. You know bringing that that fear on and and showing it and how it was dealt with by every single character that we grew to love and and hate and I thought it did it very well um I just gave my opinions on Long Night so I'm not gonna talk about that but after I felt like they redeemed themselves very well because you could totally tell they were shifting focus from the Night King and 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 that battle that happened to the King's Landing Cersei and who's gonna end up on the Iron Throne and I was okay with because episode episode four is probably one of my favorite of the of the season, just in terms of because it gets back to what I really love Game of Thrones for, and it's not the battles and 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 that kind of stuff. It's the politics and and the backstabbing going on in it. I think it it handles it very well, um, and it builds up the stakes um, tremendously. And and on into episode five. I, I think it does it. It continues it, if if not if not better. The only reason I don't like episode five more and the most is because it does feel rushed, and the whole se- the whole season does feel rushed because previous seasons they've had they've had ten episodes to to go through stories, but like they travel from Winterfell to King's Landing, they travel all the way down south to Westeros from from the north to the south. In an episode, you don't see it. If that took place in season one, two, three, or four, or five, that that would have taken at least at least two episodes to get down there. It felt rushed. They don't because they only had six um, six episodes to do. I get why they did it because they had to wrap so much up. But it it it, it just didn't feel um, as rewarding of a payoff when when certain things happened. Because it did feel rushed. Do you think it should have gotten more episodes? Do you think yeah, it should have been a ten definitely. episode? It should have been a ten episode, a ten episode season, and 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 they tried to supplement it by doing the last four were hour and a half episodes. But even even then, 
I think you need 10, 10 episodes this season, an hour and a half each, just with as much as they had to wrap up. Especially since they kept so many people, which kept so many storylines in, in, the, bat, in the Battle of Winterfell and the Long Night. Um, that would have been a good way to narrow down focus is to kill off the other lines, but as they they didn't and and they wrapped up a the last two episodes were were pretty insane in terms of amount of of content that that we got in in and different different stories that were capped that it kind of felt overwhelming at times but as a fan has been with the series you, you you just loved it and wanted more of it more and more of it as 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 you could going into the season into the finale i i i will say you know it's sad to see a season like this end and i know that a bunch of these famous shows have controversial um finales mm-hmm. um like I hear, you know, I know that there's split opinions on the Breaking Bad finale, the the Sopranos finale, Lost, Lost finale. You know, these big, these big um, cultural, pop cultural shifting shows like Game of Thrones is. There's no way they could have won. I mean, there's no way they could have made something where everyone was on board the way everyone's been on board for this show. And I think, I think the writers knew that and. And they made a really ballsy decision at the very at the end with what they wanted to do and how they wrapped it up. They knew, hey, not everyone's gonna love this, but this is how we're gonna end it. This is what we've been building towards. We're gonna stick to our guns, and and I liked that, and that's what's and made it kind of easier because as soon as I finished watching it, I was I was starting to lean towards, oh, how could they do that? Why'd they do that? And then kind of thinking more about it, I knew I wasn't gonna be happy because. Not one theory that I had has ever come true about Game of Thrones. Um, they always keep they always kept me guessing, and they always kept the fandom guessing. I never heard um, a theory online or in a video that happened in the finale or in the last season. So I think they they did they do a do a great job at subverting expectations, whether that be good or bad. And. I think there's a lot of people upset uh, who named their kids a certain thing. <laughs> what? There's a lot of people who name their kids after a certain like John or Danny or yeah after a really certain character that yeah. I I believe that I believe that 100. percent That was like big news back in the day around the first couple seasons uh, that that name got used a lot like in baby naming. Hmm. Yeah, I always thought that was stupid because, like, until you know how the show ends. <laughs> I would name my daughter Khaleesi. Okay. Or Masande. Or my son Grey Worm. Tyrion. <laughs> Tyrion. Oh my gosh! Speaking of Tyrion, if if Peter Dinklage does not win another Emmy, um, which which he will. You don't think he's got enough? No, because. Did a good job this year. He did an amazing job this year. Oh my gosh! And as he does every year, he's such a he's he's such a good character and he's such a good actor and everything he's in. Um, but just in Game of Thrones, it's what it's what started him. It just feels like he brings out he 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 touches all the he brings out everything with with this show. 
and you could really feel it in in the closing episodes. Um, what did you think of the other performances? Uh, I thought they were great as well. I, I do you like the? How do you? How well do you think the performance was handled for the heel turn? Oh, wow, you are getting. Spoiled. Well, I'm trying not to name no names, but I'm saying for the character that goes bad, do you think their performance was? I mean, characters go bad in Game of Thrones mm-hmm. all the time, so I feel like that's not too spoilery. But like, what? How did you think their performance? was in carrying that awesome great because it's been built up I almost just dropped something but it's been built up for for seasons upon seasons and I think there's a lot of backlash saying it's out of nowhere and I, I don't buy it because we've seen it time after time after time when it's just been close but there's been something to stop it um and that particular actor or actress did a great job um, at, at conveying conveying that that inner inner battle with whether they want to go through with this or not, and and sure, and the whole season. Man, I really want to say something, but it's a spoiler. But I'll say that for for after. But yeah, it. That particular actor or actress did 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 an amazing job as as well as pretty much everyone else. If I say a name, then people can start nailing sure. it down. But so I know you didn't like the last the longest night because of you couldn't see things mm-hmm. and it wasn't handled well. Mm-hmm. How did you think the action and the battle scenes were handled in the rest of the episodes? Was it a satis were the battles I know you said you more like the politicking, but mm-hmm. do you think the battles and like the the bigger set piece moments um, were handled well in light of how poorly The Longest Night was handled? Yeah, because it was during the day. <laughs> 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 but I, w- I will say this. Um, there's really not another battle after really? The Long Night. I mean, they build it up, and I guess this is kind of segueing the spoilers, but... Well, hold on. I have one more question after this, and then we'll go into spoilers. But I, but I will say, um, the effects and, and, and the CGI and, and the way they incorporate it, when you can see it, I think it looks amazing. Um, the dragons are amazing in, in the way they make them look. You can just see the amount of dollars poured into it. Um, and the final King's Landing... Uh, battle although it's not really a battle I felt it was shot very well I felt like the direction and cinematography was was um, on par with how I remember Game of Thrones I'm gonna remember Game of Thrones I'm not gonna remember Game of Thrones from the, the long night battle I'm not I'm gonna remember it from from the great and awesome shots that we've gotten um, in this world as a result of of the direction and cinematography. So last question on the last before we get into spoilers and I'll let you kind of loose. Um, I know you've talked a lot about Unchained how... Unchained me. <laughs> yeah. I know you've talked a lot about how well you thought the show wrapped things up uh, and how it felt Russian parts and everything, but specifically the, the one thing that the show has always been about, how well do you think they handled who got the Iron Throne? Without getting... Without naming any names, without naming how that we get there, 
do you think that was handled well? Um, I think how we got there and how it was presented was very, very good. I thought they did a great job. Just the individual that was put in that place, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't agree with. So okay. without naming names, um, I will I will say that the way we get there and, and the way it happens, I I loved I loved how it happened because it put Peter Dinklage on the spotlight. He gave it <laughs> he gave he gave another Tyrion monologue, and oh man, it was it was awesome. It was awesome. All right. Well, do you have any other non spoiler thoughts that you want to say before I, we kind of let you? Um, just that I don't I, I really don't understand this this whole fandom fandom split that happens even with Star Wars like I know a lot of people are, are saying oh the the new trilogy's ruined oh JJ's not going to save it or or they might even go to the extremists to boycott Star Wars and I get that you don't like it but I mean just cause something didn't work for you doesn't doesn't give you the right to you know straight up tear them down like and even with bad movies you know we can say they're bad but we sh- we don't say oh that director or actor or that team should never make another movie again right. like i mean everyone strikes strikes out um and and misses so i think the fandom split with with big franchises like this is just does more harm than good and i think it's stupid and i think that anyone who straight up hates Game of Thrones now because of because they didn't because Benioff and Weiss didn't do exactly what they wanted to do should conceal those opinions because <laughs> I would love to give you a pen and paper and say how about you write this yeah George R. R. Martin couldn't write it apparently yeah. <laughs> I mean there is rumors that he held the books back uh, he confirmed that that Did wasn't he? true yeah okay. he hasn't even started on one of them like he hasn't finished the, the the one the next one and then the one after that the people yeah. said oh he has two ready to go he hasn't even started on the other one guy yeah. is so so slow the like first one came out in like the n- early 90s like it's been a long time like mm-hmm. and I don't, it's no wonder that i don't know why they thought he was going to catch up with the show when the books have been spread out over so many years hey man it takes a long time to write masterpieces I guess. Have you read the books? No. Then I guess you wouldn't know. I've heard. (laughs) I especially hate, to your point, I hate the hyperbole about people saying, uh, refilm it and just pretend this was not The petition to refilm season eight. How dare you guys? You realize how much money and time? It took them two years to film this. I've heard you say stuff like that too, so don't get up on your high horse so much. So call me out (laughs) on Refilm The Last Jedi. Didn't you say that? No, I didn't say that. I said I don't like The Last Jedi, but I'm not saying Ryan Johnson. I, I'm not saying Ryan Johnson should never make another Star Wars movie. Just because you don't like something doesn't mean well, ignore it from the canon. Like that's, I mean, that's ridiculous. Like point out its flaws. If you didn't like it, you didn't like if it. If you didn't like it, you know, you didn't like it. Cool. No one's saying that you have to like like it, but don't not like it just because you don't like it. I mean, don't be a sheep. That's, sure. that's what I'm trying to say. Don't Everything's shit. so binary in this internet culture. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, binary, what uh, before we get into spoilers, 
this is your final warning. Noah's going to give his review score and then hop out if you haven't watched it because then he's going to kind of dive in. What was your review for Game of Thrones Season 8? So score? Score. Game of Thrones Season 8, I, I, I'll say this. It's not the best Game of Thrones season. I think I've, I've heard the exchange like, oh, it's the best Game of Thrones season. It's the best season in television. No, it's not there. And but it is a good season. I mean, it, it's probably it's probably in the top three seasons for me, just because it does. It's a culmination, and and it does wrap it up. So I would definitely give it a um, a middle of the road to maybe touching high. Vincent, we happy? Okay. I mean, that really surprises me um, because of how you rated. The I know it's not a one. But but look at it this way. I saw this one thing on YouTube. Of this, of these people defending it, and they did like Longest Night too. But they're like, in a twenty season, a twenty episode season, how many episodes do you think consecutively hit the mark and and actually, you know, are great memorable episodes in terms of percentage wise? But because I think that Game of Thrones season eight was five out of six great episodes. Okay, I mean. Five out of six great episodes, one really bad one. Really yeah. One awful one. Okay. All right. Well, that was your final warning, guys. Uh, if you want to tune in next week, uh, make sure to listen, comment, review, subscribe on the platform of your choice. We're on Google Podcast, uh, Apple Podcast, Radio Public, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Podbean, Anchor. We are everywhere. And until next time, guys, come movie hunt with us. But... If you have seen it, stick around, because Noah, uh, I, I don't really know what to ask you, because I haven't watched it, but uh, yeah, just if you want to if you wanna talk about your thoughts on some of the more spoilery aspects of it. Alright, um, I guess we can get to the to the big one, I guess, of who. Khaleesi's? Khaleesi's turning heel? Yeah, well, I wasn't going to do that, but we can do that too. And what was the other big one? Who's on the throne? Oh, I don't even know the character's Brand? name. Bran? Yeah, the cripple. The guy who got pushed out the window? Is As he crippled from said, that? Yep. He's mm-hmm. still crippled? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once someone goes paralyzed, it's not like... I guess. I mean, it ha- happened so long ago. I mean, I didn't even realize he was still on the show. He looks way different now that yeah. he's not a kid. Well, I mean, yeah, they all look really... Well, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. But anyways... We can talk about the, the Khaleesi heel change. I think the Daenerys heel change, I think, I thought it was great. I honestly thought it was great because up until the very beginning, you have this scene with Tyrion and Danny um, before they start, before they attack uh, King's Landing. And, and Tyrion is asking, hey, I mean, if you hear the bells ring, Cersei surrendered. All you got to do is get down from Drogon and walk on up to the gates, and no one's gonna stop you. And you, you can you can just see it in her eyes that mm, I don't think she I think she's gonna flip. And 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 it's it's not out of nowhere because from season to season, at the very end of season one, um, when her brother gets that molten gold. Yeah. Poured on his head, and she isn't phased at all. You, I mean, it's in her blood. Her dad was the Mad King, so you can tell from that scene that she has it in her.
to to where destruction is 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 a necessary evil in, in her mind and she's always had advisors and and people on her side to point her in the right direction and in this season in particular we just see them all kind of fall away with um uh mainly John finding out that he's Targaryen and that Danny's his aunt and he doesn't want to get with Danny. Yeah. And so show him so much incest. <laughs> <laughs> and so I mean there's that so there's there's a great scene, I believe it's in episode episode five, when because throughout the season she it's incest is in her bloodline. Targaryen's in her in her breed. And so She's okay with it. She's like, love is love or whatever. And John's like, nah, I'm not about that. <laughs> uh, I ain't about uh, that life. <laughs> I may be a Targaryen by blood, but I was born and raised Stark, and we don't do that in the North. <laughs> but... Uh, Loki here, you Southerners <laughs> may like to do that Royal Tide, but here in the North. <laughs> but, um, it, yeah, throughout the season, you can see her just, just trying to... Um, get him to look past that and there's an awesome moment the very last time she tries he denies and she's like alright I guess I'm ruling by fear because she knows that people will follow John John's a, a the, the best leader on the show he was born to be king and was, I was just assuming he was going to be on the throne yeah like, and I, I think everyone was assuming and I assumed that but I didn't want that because it seemed like an easy way out sure so and that that uh, John, I mean, Daenerys sees that John is is the rightful heir, and everyone will follow him if he lets everyone know the secret that he is the rightful heir. He's Targaryen, and he's pledged allegiance to her, um, and he and he continuously reminds her that he's not going to turn on her, that she's his queen, and he bent the knee for a reason. And there's this awesome scene when. She's just like, all right, I guess I'm going to lead by fear then. And when I heard that, I'm like, man, she's going to burn down that city. She's going to kill everyone. And when she's on top of that dragon, and you just see the, you hear the bells ring, and it just zooms in on her face, and you just see it click in her eyes. And she just goes mad and insane. and starts literally torching the city and everyone in it. Hmm thousands I think hundreds of thousands of civilians just burnt to a crisp and even you can see it on John's face because he's watching it from above which I will say there's a bit of plot armor in there and nobody real nobody on their side really died <laughs> that we saw um, but everyone else did all the civilians did um, and you can see it on John's face that he's like oh my gosh she's crazy but the next episode, He's still struggling with. Mm, maybe it was a bad. Maybe she just flipped that time. She's a good leader. She and all that. So he's he's still willing to work with her. And then my boy Peter Dinklage <laughs> talks him out of it, and then he ultimately ends up killing Danny, which I thought was a great sequence, because Danny finally gets in in into the throne room, and is at the Iron Throne. Never sits on it, by the way. Never sits on it. She touches it. Never, never ends up sitting on it. John comes in, and they have this great exchange when she tries to be like, "Oh, we can lead together as king and queen," and and stuff like that. And then John lets lets her kiss him, and then he stabs her in the 
and in the side and and Khaleesi died. I thought it was a great way to a great way to kill off Danny. Um, and not only that, her her dragon. She's the mother of dragons, so I guess her son, her final son, Drogon, um, comes up, sees her dead, and burns the Iron Throne. Which I will say, I don't understand how a dragon would understand that why to burn the Iron Throne. And in the moment, I didn't really care. But the Iron Throne's destroyed um, by Drogon's fire, and he takes up Danny, and they soar in her dead body, and they fly off. Fly off, um, we don't know where. All right. Uh, and something I saw people mention a lot this season, uh, Jamie Lannister, uh-huh. did he get redeemed? No. Oh, okay. He had, <laughs> he had, he had, we thought. I mean, he, he went up to, because at the end, you know, before this, Cersei said that, you know, she wasn't, she was going to, she wasn't going to send up her army up to King's Landing to help the battle with the Night King. Even after she saw a Nightwalker and, 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 and all that and the threat, she's like, let the North take care of it and we'll take whatever's left in a way to be like, all right, they're going to destroy the North, but they'll wound him enough so we can get him. And we see Jamie kind of redeem himself by totally um, breaking away from his sister and coming up to help with uh, with the battle at Winterfell. And then he kind of has an arc with Brianna Tarth, this knight that he's had an arc with, a kind of romantic thing. And and they give him that redemption. He, he hooks up with Brianna Tarth um, for for a night or a couple of nights or, or however long. This is where the show suffers from being rushed. But then it just ultimately shows that he he loved his sister. Ugh. He straight up he couldn't he couldn't us he couldn't live without her. So he went. There's there's a awesome scene at the end of episode four or yeah episode four when he's leaving King's Landing. He's leaving Brianna Tarth. Um, and he straight up says, "I'm I'm a terrible person. I, I can't be good. I love my sister." <laughs> Which, had they tried to do that in season one, would have been disgusting. But this whole build up <laughs> made it a really good, a really good, um, a turn for for Jamie, and ultimately, Jamie and Cersei end up dying. Um, as a result of the rubble caused by Danny, which a lot of people had trouble with. I think everyone wanted Cersei to have a big death because mm-hmm. she's the big bad. But I've said this multiple times that she's been put on a pedestal her whole life, um, been made to think that she's better than everyone. So the fact that they killed her as an equal, like she's lo- like she's just like everyone else, I think was great. Sure. Um, and Jamie ends up dying with her, with with Cersei in his arms. So he isn't redeemed. I mean, he still dies, a terrible person. All right. Well, any other spoiler thoughts before we wrap things up? Um, this isn't necessarily a spoiler. I'm just gonna say it again. Peter Dinklage deserves uh, <laughs> best actor in a drama series. I mean, right. for real. The the he gives he gives. There's a scene in here with Jamie and it's when basically the whole time he's the hand of the queen the hand of Daenerys 
he's a terrible advisor. He makes terrible decisions. I mean, decision after decision is everything goes wrong because um, Danny's listening to him. Everything just doesn't work. He, he usually has Varys to balance balance that out, which um, he got burnt by Drogon because Danny found out he turned. But anyways, we, we see how Dinklage and, and Tyrion's character is kind of getting on thin ice with Danny and how she straight up tells him. I mean, the next mistake that and advising that, that you give me will be your last. And then we, we have this, after that, we have this awesome scene between Tyrion and, and Jamie. When you can tell, even though he's on the other team, I mean, that's still his sister. And, and he doesn't want to see his sister die. He doesn't want to see his sister in power, but he doesn't want to see her die. So he, and they have Jamie prisoner because they know he's, they found him trying to get back to Cersei. So Tyrion has a scene where the, he releases Jamie. Um, and gives them an escape plan, and Jamie's like, "Why? Why are you doing this? You know you're gonna die. You know that da- Daenerys is gonna kill you for doing this." And he has this great emotional scene about how Jamie's the Jamie's the only only one who hasn't bullied him as a kid and all that kind of stuff. And then he sets him he sets him free, and he's all like, and he then he 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 had one line where he said something. To to the tune of oh, I would rather save a thousand good innocent lives than keep one bad evil life or something like that. It was it was just it was the one scene that that people talk about the the Emmy winning scene and 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 that that was it for Dinklage and he also gives a great monologue about which kind of explains why Bran is 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 the um I guess king yeah king or and the reasons why and he just he does he does a a great job at delivering 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 that all right well uh I guess watch if you've watched the first seven seasons watch the eighth season <laughs> if you're still here I don't know <laughs> um and haven't seen episode eight I don't but those are those are Noah's thoughts on uh, Game of Thrones season eight. Uh, glad you guys could listen in with us and and kind of talk about uh, the good parts and the bad parts of this season of of a much beloved show. So that is it for this week, guys. Next week we will be doing our review of the new film Aladdin, the adaptation of the animated film starring Robin Williams. And then the week after that, we will be it's ranking. Suck. <laughs> the week after that, no. we'll be ranking every single Spider-Man movie. So we'll be ranking the Sam Raimi, Hip Hop Flair, the Mark <laughs> Webb, Jamie. Yeah. Oh man. We'll be ranking the okay. the Sam Raimi, the Mark Webb, the Tom Holland, and the uh, Into the Spider Verse movies. So that's one, two, three, four, five six seven films seven Seven spider-man films we'll be ranking them from worst to best so tune into that and that is kind of a uh a lead in into spider-man uh far from home so until then guys thanks for joining us uh and come movie help with us
So, do you want to go first? I think that should go on the podcast. Now that'll be the thing at the end. <laughs> I always put a little like blooper clip at the I end. I wouldn't know. <laughs> this should go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's usually like ten seconds. So. <laughs> <laughs> 